Local media outlets are essential. In 2020, as communities, businesses, and citizens came to terms with a pandemic that disrupted the flow of daily life, the need for accurate local information escalated. Information including which businesses were open, which were closed, where to get tested, and vaccinated. When media organizations closed their newsrooms and went remote, the reporting did not stop. They held local government accountable, documented historic moments for social justice, shared the humanity behind tragedy. Meanwhile, the funding for that work was drying up. Businesses whose ads helped support the media were closed. Revenue disappeared. Donating today at SaveChicagoMedia.org can ensure your local newsroom continues reporting the stories that matter despite the current economy. Investing in local media is funding your community. Give today and help us do the work that matters. Donate now at SaveChicagoMedia.org. Bienvenidos a todos. You are listening to the Paseo Podcast, where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community. My name is Joshua Smeza de Leon, and I want to thank you for downloading this episode. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are streamed, give this podcast a like and subscribe to it. It makes a world of difference. We started this podcast as a way to bring attention to the diverse and vibrant stories that make up the Puerto Rican communities here in Paseo Boricua in Chicago and around the world. From La Isla to the diaspora, we hope you enjoy what you hear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Paseo Podcast. It's Joshua here. If you want to follow me, I'm at JS DeLeon on Twitter. If you want to pitch a story or you want to reach out to the show, just visit our website, paseomedia.org. Find us at Paseo Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We actually post the interview portions of our episodes on our YouTube channel, so you can give those a watch there. While you're there, like our videos and subscribe to our channel. It really helps us out. Uh, we really want to get to 100 subscribers, so uh, any love you can show our way is much appreciated. On today's show, we welcome the executive director of the Segundo Ruiz Belvis Cultural Center, Omar Torres Courtright. The Cultural Center is the longest serving Latinx cultural center in Chicago, and this year they are celebrating their 50th anniversary. So we invited Omar on the show to talk about the center's namesake, what initiated its founding in the 1970s, hint, the Young Lords played a role, and how they plan to celebrate and serve Chicago for another 50 years. We also welcome author and poet Luis Tubens, as well as dancer and choreographer Maria Luisa Torres, Maria and Luis are the creators of a production called Raices to Roots, which will have a number of showings in the coming weeks at the Segundo Ruiz Belvis Cultural Center. Um, it's actually going to be a part of the 50th anniversary celebration, and there's going to be a bunch of stuff happening throughout the year. Um, so it's a really exciting year for them. Um, and uh, Raices to Roots is one of the many partnerships that the Cultural Center has going on uh, to celebrate this huge milestone. Um, but we're going to talk with Maria and Luis about their production, what they want people to take away after experiencing Raices to Roots, and uh, you know what partnering with the Cultural Center today means for them. But before we get into the interview, couple reminders. Like you heard at the top of the show, and we'll hear again in Spanish deeper into this episode, the Paseo Podcast, in partnership with the Chicago Independent Media Alliance, or CIMA, is in a month-long fundraising campaign as of this recording, we're in the quintuple digits of funds raised. But 
there's still a ways to go. If you want to join us in the work of sharing Puerto Rican stories in a way that holds local and federal government accountable, documents historical moments for social justice, and shares the humanity within the vast spectrum of culture and identity that exists in the Boricua community, visit SaveChicagoMedia.org to donate and to ensure independent media like the Paseo podcast continues reporting the stories that matter despite the current economy. Again, that's SaveChicagoMedia.org. I've also included the link in the show notes for reference in case you want to just hit that link, go there, give us a, a, a little donation. Um, but more importantly, just show that you support our work. I mean, I think you can show your support in multiple ways, um, but every little bit helps, especially in monetary ways, because we're a small but scrappy group of volunteers. So anything you can give really helps us do the work that matters. Also, don't forget to register for our June 12th Baseo podcast discussion group event in partnership with the Chicago Public Library. It's virtual, so you don't have to be in Chicago to participate. You don't even need a library card. So, um, we're going to be talking about uh, different topics that we cover here on the show. So if you want to dive deeper into the topics we discuss on the show and meet me, uh, at least virtually, uh, then check out the partner section of our website, baseomedia.org, and click on the Chicago Public Library logo. You can also go to the events tab on shypublib.org and uh, register there. There's only a few spots, um, so you know definitely go there, reserve your seat. Um, again, it's virtual and uh, spots are going fairly quickly. So um, we'd love to see as many people that can take advantage of this discussion group as possible. Jump in, have a great discussion. Um, you know, we're going to have, uh, I think, a really good uh, Boricua breakdown um, of you know, some of the, the issues of our time, at least as it relates to the Puerto Rican community. Normally, at about this point in the episode, I share a Puerto Rican news rundown. But I'm going to be on vacation, so I'm recording this way before any new news even comes out. But don't worry, though. We'll be posting about the latest happenings in the diaspora and on the island on our Twitter and Facebook pages. So you can definitely keep up with us there, engage with us on those platforms. Um, we'd love to see you. That's all I have for now. Let's jump into the interview. Bienvenido a todos. It is the Paseo Podcast. Today is Friday, May 21st, but that doesn't really matter because it's a podcast. Uh, we're just happy you are listening to this, watching this, wherever, whenever you are, uh, because we have a number of guests on today's episode. We have Omar Torres Courtright. He is the executive director of Segundo Ruiz Belvis Cultural Center here in Chicago. We also have Luis Dubens and Maria Luisa Torres. They are co-creators of Raices to Roots uh, production collaborative. I mean, they do a lot of stuff. Um, you know, really excited to talk to all three of them today because there is a lot going on at the Cultural Center in the coming weeks. Before we get into the nitty-gritty details of Segundo Ruiz Belvis, Raices to Roots, the 50th anniversary of the Cultural Center, I just want to welcome our guests to the show today. What's up? How are you all? I'm good. I'm great. Uh, thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Yes, likewise. So uh, <laughs> l let's start off with a little bit of background, though. Um, Omar, uh, let's start with you. Uh, what should our audience know about you? Well, I was born in Puerto Rico, and I, and I went to college at the University of Puerto Rico, so I... Uh, I came here, you know, already graduated from college and everything. So my uh, my high school, my I guess younger years uh, before uh, and during college were all in Puerto Rico. 
So that's something that not everybody knows about me because uh, they've been seeing me in Chicago for so long. Eso quiere decir que soy más viejo de lo que la gente piensa. Maria, what about you? What should our audience know about you? Yeah, so my name is Maria Luisa Torres. Um, I am a dancer, a dance instructor, a dance therapist. Um, I was born and raised here in Chicago um, in Hermosa Park. Uh, I grew up in Hermosa Park and my family is from Hayuya uh, in Puerto Rico. Uh, so from the montañas, uh, and I am also the creator, uh, artistic director, choreographer, dancer of Raices to Roots. Awesome. Luis, what about you? What should our audience know about you? Uh, I'm a Chicago-born Puerto Rican poet, and uh, I am the poet of the um, Raices to Roots production. I love learning where our guests are from, where their families are from in Puerto Rico. Um, so if you were born here, born on the island, doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're all Puerto Ricans. So, you know, really curious to hear from you all. And Luis, let's just stay with you for this one. You know, what, what part of Puerto Rico is your family from? Ponce. Uh, my father's family is from Ponce and my mother's family is from kind of all over the island, but mostly they came to Rio Piedra. Uh, but uh, every time that I go to Puerto Rico, I stay in Ponce. Awesome. Maria, what about you? Yeah, my grandparents are from Hayuya. Um, and I actually, I grew up with my grandparents. They raised me. So I feel very connected to my Puerto Rican roots. Great. All right. Omar. Yes. Uh, so I, uh, I'm, I'm from San Juan, I guess, the, the, the big metropolitan uh, area. But specifically from Rio Piedras too. So um, I, I grew up in, in Rio Piedras, uh, went to school in Miramar uh, and um, by, by, you know, by Old San Juan, very close to Old San Juan and that area in Santurce. Um, and uh, yeah, I have had family from all over the island, but mostly we're, we're city people. We're from Santurce, uh, like my my, my family is mainly on, on my mom's side from Santurce and on my dad's side from uh, Gurabo uh, and Mayagüez. Mm. My gosh, all over. I love, I love the diversity of backgrounds, geographies on this call. Um, looking at the Chicago geography, uh, Segundo Ruiz Belvis Cultural Center uh, is one of the longest, I believe it's the longest Latinx serving cultural center here in the city of Chicago. Omar, what should we know about Segundo Ruiz Belvis Cultural Center? What is it? Yeah, well, I, I think that the first thing that people don't know is where does the name come from and why, right? Um, and I think it's, it's key because the, the reason why his, his name, Segundo Ruiz Belvis, was so that people would continue asking who this person uh, was. Uh, that was the main reason. And, um, and, and, but the real reason is because uh, it is the, the, one of the most, if not the most important abolitionists from, from Puerto Rico. He died very young, uh, fighting for, in the, for independence and for, for the, the abolition of slaves. And he founded a clandestine uh, society that would buy slave children and free them uh, under Spanish rule. It's one of the most beautiful stories of Latin American history and one of the lesser known stories. So uh, really an incredible man. 
Um, and uh, Segundo Ruiz Belvis, there was a, a real purpose in, in, in naming the organization in 1971, naming it Segundo Ruiz Belvis. It was a time right after the civil rights movement. And like in, in, you know, after everything that was happening in the 60s, we're coming into the new decade. And there was a renewed sense of, uh, of a need to bring together uh, Blacks and Latinos. And, and this was the, the perfect way to do it in the sense that we wanted to have that camaraderie. And uh, it was at a time when, you know, the Young Lords, the Black Panthers, all those things that were happening. Uh, so Segundo Ruiz Belvis was born out of that need to, to bring the communities together and, and, and some amazing uh, people uh, participated in the origins of that organization. Uh, and they were all activists and people that were fighting for social justice uh, at that time. How would you describe the needs that the cultural center is filling today? The organization has evolved a lot, but it has never uh, diverted from, from the original mission. Uh, and obviously that mission is very much tied to our African ancestry. So basically, um, I think that to, today is a particularly interesting time uh, for Segundo Ruiz Belvis because of the moment uh, in social justice and racial reckoning that we're living. I think that that has in a way uh, not forced us, but made us look a lot closer to the history of the organization and the role that we play. Um, and I think that that intersection between social justice issues and, art and arts and culture is something that has always been part of the organization. And, and if anything, the times that we're living in right now remind us of that mission and to stay true to it. And I think that we've, we've, we've been successful, uh, number one, in staying alive, uh, because staying alive is, is, is almost you know, it's so difficult for an arts organization of our size and, and with such a niche uh, focus, right? So mm -hmm. we're, we're in a community that is uh, disadvantaged. We are, uh, of course, uh, an organization that has faced multiple challenges throughout its history, but we managed to, to, to stay programming, to stay alive. And, and every year is really a battle to find that funding to really fund the type of programming like Races to Roots that we want to fund. Uh, so really, to me, the organization continues very strong in that mission to represent the arts and culture of Puerto Rico and its African ancestry, but also always with that social justice focus. And, and I think that uh, right now, more than anything with the COVID-19 pandemic, I think that the organization has proven uh, that they can be creative and that it, that it can use art uh, as a way to communicate messages of importance to the community. And also, you know, just if we're in the middle of an emergency, we're gonna be an arts organization, but we also respond to the emergency around us. So that's why our parking lot was a COVID testing site. That's why we're having a, a vaccination event tomorrow here at Ruiz Belvis. Uh, and we're primary early arts and culture, but we, we also are, part of this community and, and, and we have so many responsibilities with the community. Uh, I think that, that that's, that's our, our historic moment right now. It's a, we feel responsible. We feel the, the weight of the years and the people that came before us and the shoulders where we stand. 
and we think that that it that we have to live up to to that history and of course the name i mean what's a bigger name than segundo ruiz velos um, I'd like to shift gears a little bit to you, Luis, and you, Maria. You've touched on this a little bit, but can you give us like a high-level view of what Raices to Roots is and the need that it's filling today? Raices to Roots is a theatrical production that celebrates the Chicago Puerto Rican experience through Afro-Latin dance, spoken word, and music. Um, the really awesome thing about this production is that it is made up of an entirely Puerto Rican cast, um, which is really exciting for us. The overarching theme of the production is home. So the production really takes you on a journey through the actual home, the dwelling of the home, uh, home within the community, and then home in the diaspora. Um, and then it also invites the audience through a creative workshop so that they can connect to their own sense of home. Um, I think that it's really fitting that we are at Segundo Ruiz Belvis, that Segundo Ruiz Belvis is our home because, you know, it, it's all about celebrating our culture, about celebrating being Puerto Rican. And um, I think that in and of itself is an act of social justice, just being able to stand um, proud in our identities, especially um, in a society that doesn't give us a lot of voice. You know, our community faces a lot of displacement, um, not only here in Chicago, but on the island as well. And so for us to have a space where we can, you know, unapologetically just be us and have a place where our community can be seen and heard, I think is really special and really important and significant. Um, and I think also for me personally, it feels very fitting and emotional to me um, to be at SRBCC because um, it's in my home. You know, I'm I'm creating a, a this piece about home, and it's uh, only a few uh, minutes away from where I grew up. So um, it's coming full circle, and I'm I'm so grateful to be there. Yeah, I, I second everything that Maria has said. Uh, I think that um, I could speak a little bit about the art of the production. Um, we call it a theatrical production on purpose. It's not a play. Um, it's not a spoken word performance. It's not a concert. It's a, it's a theatrical production. We're weaving together dance, music, and poetry, all to tell the story of the Puerto Rican experience in a very abstract way. Um, you're not gonna have two characters having dialogue with each other. We're not gonna give you the Puerto Rican cliches that you're gonna hear um, probably you know, throughout um, you know, the, uh, other Puerto Rican arts. Um, what you're going to get is a sense of what it what it's like um, to be from this diaspora, to be a Puerto Rican from Chicago, uh, to go back and forth from the island to the city. And um, we're hoping that the audience can relate to this story also, too, that they don't have to be Puerto Rican in order to understand this story. You don't even have to be Latinx to understand this story, that the story um, of being Puerto Rican in Chicago is a story that's going to be related to people no matter where you're from across uh, any any diaspora. And if you're not getting the story through the words, then you're going to get it through the dance or you're going to get it through the music too. And all of these elements come together to really give you this explosion, um, this, this stimulation um, to your senses so that you walk away understanding in every part of your body um, what it's like to be from one place to another. I might be putting you on the spot here. So you had said Go something I found really, really interesting. You had mentioned how 
you know, the the type of production that Raices to Roots puts together, you, you mentioned like Puerto Rican cliches and the performing arts. Can you share a few examples of what you've what you've experienced, what you've witnessed? Well, you know, I think one one common thing um, and, and maybe calling it a, a, a cliche, I, I hope I don't insult it in any way. Um, but like you're not going to see the Puerto Rican flag in our production. Um, we, we all know it. We all represent it. We all we all love it. Um, but um, it's not something that you're going to see it in, in our production. Um, you're also, you know, are, are not going to hear the, the, the typical um, Puerto Rican catchphrases that, that, that you may hear, you know, all, all throughout. Um, and, and not that there's anything wrong with that, um, but we really want to give you this abstract experience. Um, we really want to get to the feeling. We really want to get to the sentiments. Um, we, we don't want to just present something to you on a surface level where it's just kind of like, oh, here, here are the things that represent Puerto Rican-ness. Um, it's more like we want you to feel in your soul. We want you to feel in your ears. We want you to feel in your eyes um, what, what this experience is like for us. Um, and so not that it's wrong to have these cliches um, like the Puerto Rican flag or, 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 or what have you in, in the production. Um, uh, and, and, you know, and if another production has it, that's all good. That's all fine. But I think with us, um, we really want to be able to, that, that absence of the flag, absence of these cliches, that the story is still going to be very strong in representing Puerto Rican-ness. I can see what you're saying. I mean, I think it, um, and, and correct me if I'm not regurgitating this the, the correct way, but um, it, it's almost like um, challenging this narrative of what people define as being Puerto Rican. And I, just an example that I can share you know, I have a friend of mine um, that, you know, we were talking about Puerto Rican culture and, and what he said to me broke my heart because I was like, this is Baseo Boricua, we have a walk of fame. These are like the biggest monuments to a flag in the world. Like I was like super hyped, super pumped. And he was like, I don't really identify with this culture. And as we talked about this, uh, the root of him not feeling a connection was because when he was younger... Someone had told him because he didn't speak Spanish that he wasn't really Puerto Rican. So to me, like, I was like, damn, that sucks, man. Because, hey, look, I speak Spanglish. Like, I was born and raised in Chicago. I remember people telling me that I talk white. And, like, to hear that, it, it kind of makes you feel like, well, am I worthy of calling myself Puerto Rican? Am I worthy of uh, being a part of this culture? Like, the way we kind of... And, and, and not saying that people are trying to hurt people's feelings, but I think the way we kind of put each other into a box doesn't do justice to the beauty, the diversity, the full spectrum of what it means to be Boricua. Um, so do, do, am I capturing kind of what you were saying well there, Luis, or just want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly? Uh, yeah. Um, being Puerto Rican from Chicago is something that you're born into. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's anything that you get initiated into. I don't think that it's anything that um, you you have to like uh, do, you know, certainly like I have to follow these steps. Uh, and, and also at the same time, if you're not born into it, I don't think it's anything that you can do um, to, to, to be a Puerto Rican from Chicago. You know, it's something that you already are. Um, whether you're a Republican, conservative Puerto Rican from Chicago, or you are a liberal, progressive Puerto Rican from Chicago, or you're just a working class person who hates politics, um, you know, like most people in the world do, uh, you know, it, it's it's something that you're that you're born with. 
Um, and having to adhere um, to certain things, having to adhere to certain um, cultural norms doesn't necessarily make you more or less, but what it does do is that it makes you more educated and understanding your roots, um, hence the, the, the title of the production. Um, so uh, even though we don't use these cliches, I still had to learn about them, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm glad I did, and I still use them um, because uh, these, these monuments, these flags, um, this language, uh, that we that we speak are all um, are all forms of educating ourselves about our history and about our culture. And I think that um, if you truly want to express yourself, even though you may very well be Puerto Rican, being Puerto Rican and and, and feeling the um, validity and being able to express it are a couple of different things. Because um, you can be something, but you may not feel confident in being able to express that. And anything, to be confident in anything, you need to know it. You need to understand it. Um, that's where the confidence in that thing comes from, is to spend time. There is no substitute for spending time and energy with, with your culture, with your people, um, because it's all going to help you understand it. So I don't want to confuse the two and saying that being something and also... Um, being able to express something is is the is the same thing. And getting you know to your comment about like you know not understanding or not being able to speak Spanish and making you less of a Puerto Rican, you know you're just trading one colonizer's language for another colonizer's language, right? So it's not about learning Spanish. I think it's more about learning Puerto Rican because there are certain words that are specifically Puerto Rican. So if you want to understand and get deeper to your roots, taking a Spanish class might not necessarily bring you closer to being Puerto Rican. Being in Puerto Rico and listening to Puerto Ricans learn and, and speak the specific language that they use that is specifically from Puerto Rico, um, that is what's gonna tie you closer to your, to your culture, not just learning a colonizer's language. I do want to talk about, you know, now, now that we looked at the past, you know, looking ahead to the future, like what do you foresee the next 50 years of the cultural center being? What's, what do you see that, what's your vision for the next 50 years? 50% of our board is Afro-Puerto Rican right now, which I feel extremely proud of. 50% uh, women. <laughs> it's almost like perfect numbers, you know, so uh, in that sense. And um, I um, I think that Ruiz Belby's, um is, is leaving, uh, like right now, there's a lot of advocacy going on uh, in which we are participating in statewide efforts to bring more money to the arts in Chicago. And uh, there's an effort right now that you should know about uh, and you should write to your legislator and tell them that you're for this. Is 500 million in investment in the arts sector of the whole 7.2 billion that's coming with the relief package uh, after COVID. And, and, and we're trying to make the point that, that the arts are not a luxury and that, and that normal, regular people, everyday people work in the arts and, and that we need the arts. Imagine a city like Chicago without artists. Imagine them going to New York or to LA or to San Francisco because they simply treat their artists better uh, in terms of funding that's available to them and everything. So, Segundo Ruiz Belvis will continue to do that advocacy. It's, it's, it's a huge part of what we need to do to defend the rights of artists of color, uh, of our community, and above everything else, 
to deposit that seed in, 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 in the youth. So make sure that like, our, uh, like the people, our elders like Eli Samuel took time to teach the youth our traditions and the history of our music, we wanna continue that. So that, uh, that mentorship, apprenticeship level, education, passing it on to them is very important. And of course, staying true to that mission more than ever of, of, of Afro-Puerto Rican arts and culture and being a space that's welcoming to every culture, but it's always from the perspective of Puerto Ricans. And if we can achieve that, I think that we have something in store for, for the next 50 years. And it's important that we keep people honest that, that if, if the investments are not the same in Hermosa as they should be, uh, and when you compare the resources that are going to other communities, we're not getting what we should be getting as Puerto Ricans. That's something that we should voice and, uh, and, and we should give it our all. Um, so I think that that's, that's our, our vision is to, to, to continue being a flagship organization for Puerto Ricans, but make sure that we build a strong foundation for, for future generations. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause, pero no se muevan, porque when we come back, we wrap up our discussion with Omar, Maria, and Luis with their best places to eat Puerto Rican food and what they are most obsessed with today. Stay with us. Los medios de comunicación locales son esenciales. En 2020, cuando las comunidades, las empresas y los ciudadanos se enfrentaron a una pandemia que interrumpió el flujo de la vida cotidiana, aumentó la necesidad de información local precisa. Información que incluyera qué negocios estaban abiertos, cuáles cerrados, dónde hacerse las pruebas, dónde encontrar ayuda. Pero cuando los medios de comunicación cerraron sus redacciones y se alejaron, la información no se detuvo. Exigieron responsabilidades al gobierno local, documentaron momentos históricos para la justicia social, compartieron la humanidad detrás de la tragedia. Mientras tanto, la financiación de ese trabajo se estaba agotando. Las empresas cuyos anuncios ayudaban a sostener los medios de comunicación cerraron o se paralizaron. Los ingresos desaparecieron. Donar hoy en savechicagomedia.org puede garantizar que su redacción local siga informando de las historias que importan a pesar de la economía actual. Invertir en los medios de comunicación locales es financiar tu comunidad. Dona hoy para ayudarnos a hacer el trabajo que importa. Dona ahora en savechicagomedia.org. We want to take this moment to say thank you again for listening. When you download our podcast or subscribe to the podcast itself, that makes a world of difference. So gracias for taking your time to listen to us. We also want to take this time to thank the sponsor of today's episode. This episode would not be possible without the generous support of the Puerto Rican Cultural Center. The Puerto Rican Cultural Center, located at 2546 West Division Street, right here in Chicago, is a community-based grassroots educational health and cultural services organization founded on the principles of self-determination, self-actualization, and self-sufficiency that is all activist-oriented. For more information on the work they do, Give them a visit at their website at prcc-chgo.org. Again, that's prcc-chgo.org. Now, if you or anyone else you know would like to be a sponsor of the Paseo Podcast, please email us at paseopod at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-E-O-P-O-D at gmail.com. Tell them Joshua from Humble Park sent you.
your go-to place for a good Puerto Rican dish? And anybody can take that one. Actually, you know what? Let me, let's jump around. Luis, let's, let's start with you, Maria, and then Omar will come back to you. Oh, my grandmother's kitchen. No, no, no. All right. Okay. I, I know that's probably not a fair, uh, not a fair, yeah. uh, not a fair yeah. one. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> listening would say that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to go to the South side. Um, okay. you know, I'm going to have to go with the South side and show some love to, uh, Hibarito Stop, uh, in, uh, in Pilsen on 18th street. Um, I love their rice and beans. Um, I love the tostones. Um, but particularly I like their juca fries. Um, I think they're, um, I think they're, they're, they're something, ex uh, exceptional. So I'm going to go with Hibarito Stop. Can I give a couple of honorable mentions? Of course. Of course. Go for uh, it. So, uh, I want to give a shout out to Nelly's for their breakfast buffet. I think is 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 my favorite spot to be on a Sunday. Um, it's usually where I wind up. Um, their Avena de Coco is probably the best I've ever had. Mm. I really dig that spot. And I really like Ponce Restaurant. Ponce Restaurant was actually the home of an open mic. One of the few poetry open mics uh, on the northwest side of Chicago that catered to the Latinx culture. Um, so I, I want to give them a shout out too. Shout out to Ponce, shout out to Nelly's, some of the best Avena de Coco. I will co-sign that. At, sometimes I just think about getting the buffet just to have an endless like access to that Avena de Coco. Um, oh, yeah. super cool. Okay. Maria, what about you? Favorite spot to eat Puerto Rican food? I will have an interesting perspective because I am now vegetarian going almost on two years now. And let me tell you, it's been very hard. <laughs> as a vegetarian Puerto Rican, because of course I love Puerto Rican food and it's, oh, it's very difficult. But Casa Yari, Casa Yari has almost, I think everything on their menu, they have a vegan and vegetarian option, which is amazing for me because I get to eat my um, Puerto Rican food. They have a good I love hibaritos and they have a really nice jackfruit hibarito, which I love. They're pretty much the only <laughs> Puerto Rican restaurant that I know that has veggie options. Otherwise, I'm just going to be eating rice and beans and maduros. But uh, when I wasn't vegetarian, uh, hibaritos y mas, their hibaritos and their rice is its so delicious. Oh my God, it's so juicy. And their portion sizes, like they just give you so much. <laughs> I can never finish it all. Um, and also Ponce, I used to live a block away from Ponce, uh, when I was younger and I would just walk over there with a few bucks and the alcapurrias were just a dollar. And so I would just get a bunch of alcapurrias. So, you know, I, that's, that's where I went when I was, when I was a kid. Um, when I went to Puerto Rico, I think it's called La Alcapurria Quema in Santurce. And they have a vegetarian alcapurria and I was in heaven because I have not had a vegetarian alcapurria. I don't think anywhere in Chicago has them that I know of. So if anybody knows of a place that has them or if somebody's listening out there, make me a vegetarian alcapurria. I would love you forever. <laughs> Maria, you are uh, speaking my language because I am all also on the hunt for a vegetarian or even like a vegan acapuria. My wife and I were in El Yunque not too long ago, and um, they have, uh, I want to say it's called the Yunque Treehouse. 
and they had vegan acapulias on the menu and i was like heck yeah like sign me up i'm down i'm in the rainforest and i can eat a vegan acapulia i've never thought i'd be in this spot and i ordered it and they said they're out <gasps> i didn't know that the, the demand for vegan acapulias was that like expansive on la isla but i guess it is so there there's more there's more puerto ricanos out there like you and i um but also yeah shout out again shout out to ponce shout out to casa yari i had my wife and i um this is gonna sound really bad but you know with the pandemic and like the 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 seating limit like my wife and i were actually able to get a seat at casa yari which was like incredible because uh, for anybody listening that hasn't been to casa yari it's i think it's some of the best food but it's a small space so it's very hard to like get a get a reservation i want to say it's reservation only um, so I actually, during the pandemic had my first experience there and I was blown away. I thought it was really good. Um, anyway, uh, Omar, what about you? Thank you. Uh, I'm a big fan of Casa Yari. Actually they're catering our Rita Moreno event. Okay. Um, I gotta give a shout out, even though he doesn't have a restaurant, to Mr. Roberto Perez of Urban Pilon, who is teaching online cooking classes at Ruiz Berbis, which I forgot to mention before. Recorrido Isleño, and we are teaching everybody to teach, to, I'm sorry, to uh, teaching everybody how to cook macabeo, which is a fritura from Trujillo Alto. It's made with, uh, with uh, green bananas instead of plantain, which is really interesting. Uh, and you can stuff it with whatever you want, you know, so. There you go. You can learn how to make macabeos with us on Tuesday with Mr. Roberto Pilon, uh, Roberto, <laughs> Roberto Perez from Urban Pilon. So a shout out to him for doing, actually, he, he is very concerned about uh, bringing healthy Puerto Rican cuisine, even though this particular one, you know, it will be fried, but it's okay. It'll still be good. And then the other thing is, uh, I am a big fan of Cafe Central as well. Mm. Um, I have to say, I haven't been in a long time, uh, but that was one of my favorite places to go when I first moved to Chicago. And it's probably one of the oldest Puerto Rican, uh, longest standing, it's probably the longest standing Puerto Rican restaurant in Chicago. Cafe Central, they have pretty good carne guisada. Sorry about you know those that are uh, vegetarians. Uh, but I'm a big fan of their carne guisada. And of course, Casa Yari, I would eat every single thing on the menu. Shout out to Cafe Central. Um, man, Ponce is getting a lot of love on this call. Uh, mm -hmm. I dig it. I dig it. Um, all for it. Awesome choices, everybody. Uh, now, what are you most obsessed with today? It can be related, unrelated to Puerto Rican culture. What are you obsessed with? It's going to sound kind of repetitive, but I'm very, very excited about what's what's to come at this very important historic moment so i'm very obsessed with living the moment of of this opening reopening uh, for the arts that is what is taking a lot of my attention these days is how can i make sure that i contribute uh so that the artistic scene in chicago can recompose itself after such a huge blow. So I'm obsessed, like I'm in all the committees, like right now I'm in the cultural advisory committee for the city. I am working actively with uh, Arts Alliance Illinois in the, 
in the advocacy efforts. Um, I'm applying for all the grants uh, for reopening so that we are there and, and we can, you know, reap the benefits of this redistribution of, of funding that's going to happen. Uh, so I'm obsessed about bringing quality arts and culture to our community and living the historic moment and living the historic moment of, of that is going to be the anniversary of the killing of George Floyd and the and of the uprisings. So living the moment and 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 feeling the weight of responsibility uh, of the history of the center and, and, and propelling it to the next 50 years. Maria, what about you? Well, um, right now, I'm still working from home. So I've become obsessed with my little plantitas. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I need some life in here other than I'm just here by myself all day. Um, so they give me some life. I love nature. I love being outdoors and just, um, you know, I love hiking and I love all of those things, being by the ocean. You know, we can't do those things really here in Chicago so much. We can only do like three months out of the year. Um, so my way of kind of bringing in the nature to my home, I, yeah, I'm obsessed now. Every morning I go and tend to my little plantitas and I have to try not to buy more because <laughs> I need to, I'm still a beginner. So I'm getting, you know, the easy ones. So I'm like, let me let me figure out how to do this before I get a bunch and spend all this money and then kill them all. Um, but we have a little community garden that I'm excited to put some little um, vegetables in too and see, see how that goes. So wish me luck for that because <laughs> I've never done it before. Hopefully we get some, we can make a little salad out of it or something. <laughs> I love hearing about all the new plant parents in the pandemic. Like people have gone hard for, for plant life. <laughs> I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, Luis, what about you? What are you most obsessed with? Oh, uh, the Paseo podcast, of course. Uh, <laughs> oh, been... Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get enough of it. I, I go to sleep to it. I wake up to it. I'm taking a shower to it. Um, I'm cutting I'm gonna my make, vegetables to it. I'm going to make you record a commercial for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I, really, I really dig it. Um, but uh, besides that, besides the Paseo podcast, you know, I'm actually really obsessed uh, with these two musical groups um, that are from Puerto Rico. And I think it kind of bounces off the conversation that we were talking about, about things that are stereotypically Puerto Rican or not. Um, Los Walters and Buscabuya, um, which, uh, you know, I actually started listening to them bef be before I even knew that they were Puerto Rican. Um, I actually got introduced to them uh, by some Mexican homies and were like, hey man, you know, listen to this music, it's really cool. Um, Los Walters, I remember vividly actually um, listening to them in a, in a bar late at night and being like, man, who are these people, you know? Um, and I was really digging the music, but for anybody who's familiar with the music, you know, it's not your typical, you know, salsa, uh, merengue, it's not reggaeton. Um, it's not something that people would automatically associate from the island, but they're, they're, they're very Puerto Rican. Um, they're, they're from the island, um, but the music um, is, is not something that I think people would automatically associate that is from the island. And I love it. Uh, I, uh, I I love jamming out to them, so I'm really uh, I'm really obsessing over over them right now. Great sharing, everybody. I appreciate y'all sharing what you're obsessed with today. How can people keep up with you? Yeah, you can follow Raices to Roots on Instagram and Facebook at 
Raices to Roots. Um, and you can also follow me personally. I have a few personal dance pages. So you can follow me at Maria Luisa Dance. And then you can go to my website to see some of my work, um, marialuisadance.com. You could uh, check me out uh, on Instagram at Logan Lou Poetry. Um, Luz just spelled L-U uh, to see about uh, some of the other work that I'm doing in addition to Rices to Roots. Omar, how about you? How can our audience keep up with you after this episode? Uh, you can follow us at Segundo Ruiz Belvis Cultural Center on Facebook, at Segundo Ruiz Belvis for Instagram. And uh, our website is srbcc.org or segundoruizverdes.org. However you want to type it in, it's still going to take you to the same place. Uh, but for the ones that can't pronounce that long name, we made it real easy for you, srbcc.org. Okay, Omar Torres, Courtright, Executive Director of the, the of the Segundo Ruiz Belvis Cultural Center. Oh my gosh, such a long, it's not even a long name, and I'm like out of breath, but it's been such a good conversation. Um, and uh, Luis Dubens and Maria Luisa Torres, co-creators of Raices de, to Roots, uh, really appreciate all of you being on the Paseo podcast today. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Thank you so much. It's yes. been a, a thrill. <laughs> That's our show for today, familia. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did or didn't, let us know, paseopodcast at gmail.com or at paseopodcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay tuned next week for an all-new episode of the podcast. Our guests will be returning guest Federico Ad de Jesus and a new guest, Laura Rodriguez from the Center for American Progress. We're going to discuss their latest essay on the eight actions the executive branch should take to aid Puerto Rico. Until then, as always, if you want to pitch a story idea, nominate yourself or someone else for an interview, or share a new story you'd like us to discuss on the show, visit our website, basilmedia.org, to do just that. Without our awesome guests, this podcast would not be possible. And without you, our listeners, this would not be possible. So we really appreciate you listening. If you want to reach out to the show, connect with us by visiting our website, basilmedia.org emailing us at baseopodcast at gmail.com and following us at baseopodcast on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a tip, want to pitch a story, or send us a compliment, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for downloading this episode and see you next week. Cuídate. <laughs>